2: delivery is hit hard down the left field line, towards the line, get up, it's a big fly! First Major League home run for Jordan Walker, and the Cardinals get on the board.
0: KMOX Sports from the new bold BMW Toyota Sports Fest. That
1: was Jordan Walker's first homer in the bigs last year. We're trying to get the vibes going as spring training is underway. We're going to be joined here by Tom Ackerman doing our spring training report, which is sponsored by Norm's Bargain Barn and Wilkie Window and Door and by St. Louis Composting, Growing Gardens and Making Memories. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, What are the vibes you think so far around this Cardinal spring training after what was a very disappointing season last year?
3: I think, you know, you push that season away and you learn from what happened last year. Two things happened. One, the starting pitching didn't go deep enough into games. It was not a good rotation, and it affected everything, the bullpen, the defense, the offense even, because the offense is trying to score enough runs, trying to plan on how they're going to get seven or eight runs to make up for a pitching staff that's not going deep enough and is giving up too much. And then the other thing is just what comes out of that When you lose games and things go south, you need to have leadership, you need to hold people accountable, and that becomes magnified. I always believe that when you win, that just fixes everything. When you produce and you perform, all of that stuff, who's our leader, what's wrong with the clubhouse, all that stuff kind of fades away. And I do think that you just have to get out there and produce and have a great pitching staff, and all of that kind of will mend itself when you win. I think the Cardinals have done a good job of at least getting themselves a staff that gives them a chance, with Sonny Gray as their ace, Miles Michaelis, probably their number two, Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn, the newer acquisitions, three and four, and then Steven Matz, your number five. Depending on what your matchups are, you could throw Matz a little earlier in the rotation just to do a lefty-righty type thing or whatever you want to do, depending on who your opponent is. And then who do you back them up with? Because the odds are somebody's going to get hurt or something's going to go south with one of the pitchers and that sixth man in my book is zach thompson who actually pitched really well down the stretch so Mm -hmm. you have to identify some of the positives too Uh, There's one of them. Zach Thompson was a really good strikeout pitcher second half of the season when he became a starter in August on. The Cardinals really had stripped their team down at that point. They had traded Jordan Montgomery, et cetera. Uh, That brings you back to Jordan Montgomery. He is still a free agent. I know some Cardinals fans continue to ask me whether the team will pursue him. I seriously, seriously doubt it. I mean, he's a Scott Boris client. It's not a secret that boris typically runs things down to the last minute and they're still seeking a long-term deal for montgomery and the cardinals aren't going to go for that they have a five-man rotation they've invested a lot of money in those pitchers if something were to fall in their lap like desperation time and montgomery's looking for a one-year deal or something they'd have to consider it but they're not going to for that standpoint that's the big thing and the other thing when i talked about leadership scott is i saw a really nice piece by Derek Gould on Nolan Arenado. It appeared in yesterday's yeah. Post-Dispatch. And Arenado, uh really questioned himself and held himself accountable as to what kind of a leader he is. And he said, you know, it was hard for me to talk to young players and tell them what to do when I wasn't doing the job. And what he has learned from some of his favorites like Paul Goldschmidt and others would tell him that you don't have to be performing at an all-star level to tell younger players how to do things right, and you know, for him to hold himself accountable and stand up and say, you know, I need to be a better leader. I, I'm not a vocal person. I need to be able to talk to younger players, and and but I need to be better myself. I think was admirable uh, on his part. And I think again, if he just goes out and produces, if the Cardinals go out and use last year as fuel to light the fire for 24, all that will fix itself.
1: Tom, based on your experience in Jupiter, what should fans be looking for or in the case of KMOX's coverage, listening for signs that this will be a a change season for the Cardinals? What are some small things that you kind of pick up on and go, oh, oh, this is really a good, uh, this is good.
3: Well, I mean, I think that you definitely the pitching. I mean, yeah, I think the competition in the bullpen is really important. Uh, they've got some firepower there, some young pitchers who can really bring it. The starters have to go deeper into games. Um, and then, you know, you play the Jordan Walker highlight right out of the gate. I think Walker is somebody to watch grow in year number two. If he comes out and has a very good spring along with Mason Wynn, I think it's a great sign. And then he comes into the big leagues and in, in the majors in the regular season and starts to produce, which I think he will, I think you've got yourself something. One thing about the Cardinals is they continue to grow young players. And while we kind of focus on the pitching staff being old, you know, with Gray and Lynn and Gibson and, and Michaelis and Mats, Mats is the youngest starting pitcher at 32. So they're all in their mid to upper thirties. And I know a lot of focus goes on that, but if we're being honest with ourselves, the cornerstones of this franchise Arenado and Goldschmidt are on the back end of their careers, too. So you've got to figure who will be next. And I think you don't want to put too much pressure on these guys, of course. But I think you have to watch Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker. Mason Wynn still needs to show that he can perform offensively at this level, but those two have. And if they come alive with, you know, 30 home run seasons and, their batting average continues to rise and they become real problems in the middle of the order, potentially, then the Cardinals really have something for the future. I think that's absolutely something to watch. I am not worried about their offense whatsoever. Um, The other player I think to pay attention to is Wilson Contreras. And I think that last year was sort of a get-to-know-you type thing because everybody knew him as the enemy. Uh, But when he came into the Cardinals last year, there was an adjustment period. I think he handled it extremely well. And I think that he's a good catcher, but I think he's a great hitter, I really do. I, I think he had a really nice year. I also think he's a great leader. He's a big, fiery personality. He's exactly the type of person that you want in this organization. He's won a ring, and not a lot of guys on this team have. You know, Lance Lynn won a ring. They're not a lot. And mm-hmm. and he has the ability, I think, to light a fire under this team when needed too. So I think Wilson Contreras, I look for him to have a big year, both offensively, defensively, but also as becoming sort of the heart and soul of this team along with some of the others.
1: Well, in the coming week, on Tuesday and then on Saturday, we're going to have soccer back in town. We've got the CONCACAF Cup on Tuesday and then uh, the first regular season game at City Park on Saturday. After last year's amazing season, where are you setting your expectations for 2024 City SC?
3: Well, I guess I'm going to have to lower them a little bit because asking them to win the Western Conference again is a tall order. I think that was a big surprise last year. Most importantly for me is how do they perform in the postseason. So I'd love to see them do well in the regular season again, but I think this is all about building for the latter part of the year and how do they look in October, November, and hopefully December playing in the MLS Cup. That's what you focus on. I think they have one of the best in the business in Roman Berkey. As long as he's back there, they'll be fine. Tim Parker, et cetera. But they're going to have to find some offensive punch without uh, Nico Giochini. They're going to need more strikers to go along with Klaus and Idinaran. They'll have to find some of that, but I, I think it's a good team for sure. And I, I don't think last year was a fluke, but they're going to have to prove to everyone that it wasn't. I'm not, ex- again, not expecting them to win the Western Conference. My expectation is that they will be better equipped when the playoffs roll around. It's a great product. Last year, the stadium was the star. Now, as a pro sports franchise, they will start to feel a little more of the pressure and the scrutiny of what are you going to do for me now? And that's going to be applied to everybody involved, and that'll be fun to see them deal with that. And they've got the right coach to handle it, I think. Uh, and They've got the right uh, foundation in place and definitely the ownership uh, to carry this thing for many years.
1: The Blues are on a home stand and they've been on fire lately. Eight of the last eleven. But Tom, when you look toward the playoffs, and this is probably a playoff contender, it looks like so far uh, in the last couple months of the season, what do we need to see to um, assign them the, the the name of a play a real playoff contender? What needs to happen? I really
3: think that they
1: are not
3: a Stanley Cup type team in my book, but they are a very consistent, exciting, developing team. And that's all you can ask right now. I mean, if they were to go deep in the playoffs, it would be because Jordan Bennington absolutely stole games and because they stayed totally healthy and because their goal scorers like neighbors in Cairo and to some extent, Robert Thomas, although he, to me, is a more complete player just played lights out. Pavlo Butchnevich as well gets some big goals and they just, all the breaks go their way. You know, the playoffs are about that. Uh, the 19 Stanley Cup champions were just different. They were built different. They were big, they were strong. Uh, they had uh, incredible ability to beat you down and then find ways to win. This team is still sort of learning and finding its way, but they are consistent. I mean, they picked a wrong time to lose yesterday, but they are still a playoff contender. And I think that they will stay consistent and they might be able to sneak into the playoffs as a wildcard team. And then you just watch them learn. And if they catch fire, that's great. I think the more realistic expectation here is that they take their lumps in the playoffs, they learn how to win at that time of year, and then they come back even stronger. I think they have the right coach uh, Mm -hmm. to guide young players. I think Drew Bannister was the right move by Doug Armstrong to recognize that it's time to bring in somebody who can develop this next wave. And not that Craig Berube wasn't good, but his message can only get through for so long. It's time to bring in a new messenger, and that's Drew Bannister. And I like this Blues team. I'm I'm still um, optimistic about them.
1: Yeah, it's working so far with Bannister. uh, On sports on a Sunday morning, what you got?
3: We're going to talk about everything that's happening in sports, college basketball, Daytona 500, everything that happened yesterday, and a little baseball to start the show, as we always do. We'll just rip through some topics. Travis Ford at 1030, Blues Breakdown at 1045, Lutz Fannis Steel at 1115, John Mosellock at 1130, and Chris Blair, the general manager of Worldwide Technology Raceway, live from a very wet Daytona 500. That's all on the way
1: from 10 to 12. The one and only Tom Ackerman. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. All right. It is three minutes before 8 o'clock.